This uh, today is going to be a little different for me. I don't, uh, I don't do a lot of this type of thing. I probably should do more of it when it comes to vision casting. Um, if you come today expecting a, a, you know, just a bona fide sermon type sermon thing, um, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. Um, come back next week and I'll give you that, okay? Uh, but I'm going to talk to you today about something that, that is dear to my heart. It's something that we've been working on for quite some time. And, uh, and that is, I want to talk with you about the year 2020 and the next decade between 2020 and 2030. Um, I want to kind of lay out where we're headed. I want to lay out what God's laid on my heart. And we've talked this through with the directors, with the board of directors, with the board of elders, with the staff, with the leadership. And, and we have yet, we have not had one negative about any of the things that I'm going to share with you this morning, which I can't get a unanimous consensus on the second coming of Christ. But yet we're there, we're there, we're unified in the vision and mission of Generations United Church. Um, the prophet Habakkuk said this, God said to him, he said, um, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets. Now, we're a couple of thousand years removed from stone tablets, and so how about slides? Okay, so we're going to make it plain on slides. It's in U version today, or the bullet outline is in, is in U version as well. But the writer of Proverbs also said this, without vision, people perish. Without vision, people perish. And so what I want to do this morning is take the next 25, 30 minutes or so and just kind of talk you through where I believe God is taking us in 2020 and over the next decade. You okay with that? You ready? Buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. All right, here's the deal. We are beginning this Sunday moving into a decade of opportunity. Um, I was asked in 1998, we were in Argentina for our second missions trip uh, of construction building uh, dormitories for married students on the Bible school campus down there in Buenos Aires. And one day I was at lunch with Rocky and Sherry Grams, the missionaries over the school, and Sherry just, she said, Phil, she said, how, how big do you think uh, and then Niceville Assembly could possibly grow to be? What is the size that you think Niceville Assembly could possibly be someday? And without hesitation, I just spoke this number. I said, I believe that it's possible for us to be a church of 3,500 people. Okay? I just spoke it. And, and because I believed it. I'd been thinking about it, and I thought that it's possible that that could happen. Now, here we are a number of years, you know, two decades in the future, actually, more than that, really. And here we are standing today, but I believe that God has in store for us greater things than we've ever seen before. I believe that Generations United Church will become, in the next decade, a regional multi-site church that is comprised of about 3,500 congregants. I believe we can get there. How many of you will agree with me this morning that that's a goal that we can shoot for? You believe that with me? Here's the thing. Here's the thing, and this is what I know about vision. I know about dreams. If your dream or your vision doesn't scare the daylights out of you, it's too small. It's too small. You say, and I've had people look at me before and said, when I've talked to them about this in the last year or two, when they've said, what do you think? I'm thinking, this is where God's leading us. We've made some strategic decisions over the last few years to poise us to launch in 2020 to move toward the place where God wants us to be and find us in a place over the next decade. And here's the thing. 
I've had people look at me and go, that, that's impossible. You're, it's a, Niceville is still a small town. It's a small area. It's not a real populated area. And I said, I don't know how God's going to do this. I just believe in my heart that God wants us at this place. And they said, well, you're nuts. And I said, maybe so. But I have a congregation of people that are just as nuts as I am, and they're willing to go, so we're going to go together. You guys with me in this? I believe it's possible. Now, it can't happen on the, in this location. I get that. I understand that, and we're not even going to try to do that at this location. But I know this, that if our vision and our dreams don't scare us a little bit, then they're too small. We're not challenging God, we're not challenging ourselves, and we're not allowing God to take us to a place that he wants us to be. So 2020 is going to be year, a year of strategic uh, growth and positioning for the next decade. What we've got to be able to do, we're already looking to, to plant some satellite campuses around this region uh, in about three different cities. But we've got to get our weekly, our Sunday morning attendance here at this campus to around 1,000 people on Sunday mornings before we can launch our first campus. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that, obviously. The, the, uh, the first reason is that there's got to be financial resources because what you can't do is go into a city and go, we want to start a church and have no financial backing at all. And so we've got to build the financial base here, which means we've got to have more people sitting in the chairs here, which means we've got to do more services, and I'll talk about that here in just a minute. But the deal is this, we've got to provide financial resources to expand. In doing that, we've shrunk our staff. We've shrunk our staff. You go back to 2015, we had 12 pastors on staff. We have five now. We've, we've intentionally shrunk the staff down to a manageable level. People that are high-end uh, producers, high-end achievers that love God, love Jesus, love this area, and love Generations United Church and are willing to move into the next, the next place of destiny for, for us. So we've made the decisions budgetarily to get there. Now we've got to expand our Sunday mornings. We've got to get there. We've got to have a, we have a, a bigger volunteer base, which means that a lot of you this morning that are here, maybe you're new to the church, maybe you're old to the church. And by old, I don't mean that you're ancient. I just mean you've been around here a while. But if you're not serving and doing something in some capacity here, then I encourage you to get on board because the tr this, this train's leaving the station, and I don't want you left at the station. Get involved. Find a place to plug in. Find a place to serve and begin to make, that, make a difference in this. We've got to develop a volunteer leadership base. We have to do that. So if we're going to get to 1,000 here on Sunday mornings at this campus, then how do we do that? How do we get there? Then we're going to focus on three areas. The first area is we want to know God. That's kind of important. Amen. I mean, is it? I'd say it to be funny. I mean, it's, knowing God is kind of a prerequisite for church growth. I mean, I guess we could, we could put kegs on the platform and poles in here and have go-go dancers and beer on Sunday morning and we could fill the place next Sunday. But it might defeat our vision, mission, and the way the Bible tells us to get there, right? So don't look for that next Sunday, because <laughs> that ain't happening. That ain't happening. We've got to understand the importance of spirit-empowered corporate worship. We talked all the time this past year, we many, many times this past year, about being biblical Pentecostals, being people that are, that are people of the book, people that understand what spirit-empowered corporate worship is. It's not just the singing, even though it's a part of it. It's not just the preaching, even though it's a part of it. It's all of it. Spirit-empowered corporate worship. We want to live connected. 
We've got to develop uh, group life. It's got to be the culture here. We can't, we can't grow larger by building bigger buildings and, and doing bigger programs. We've got to grow larger by growing smaller. I heard John Maxwell say this years ago, he said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You've got to grow smaller if you're going to grow larger. That's what this Sunday is about. It's about throwing this vision out there, casting this vision, helping you understand what is involved in this. And we get there by connectivity, by community with one another through group life. And then the third way that we're going to grow this place is that we're going to make a difference. The importance of missional activity. So let's take these three things and let's break them down this morning. So knowing God, that sounds pretty, pretty, uh, pretty easy, right? You read the Bible and you talk to him and you know God. But it's more than that. It's the importance of spirit-empowered corporate worship. We're designing, we're going to two services next Sunday. We're designing the services to experience the dynamic presence of God. Anyone at any stage of life, if your babies go to the nurseries next door, they're going to have an opportunity to experience the dynamic presence of God. We're not a babysitting service. We are a disciple-making service. We want to make them. We start them when they're very young. We start them in the nurseries. They begin They hear songs. They hear teachings. They see the videos. It's all going on over there because it's not about babysitting so that you can come here in big church and go, woohoo! I don't have a kid hung to my hip. We want your children to experience God. When they move out of the nursery into the elementary age, in the kindergarten areas, in the preschool areas, and they move right on up into elementary, we want them to experience God. Into the student ministry, middle school, high school, college, we want them to experience God. We want you to experience God. Because God is not a God that's aloof up in heaven that sits up on a big throne with lightning bolts in his hand wanting to kill us all when we mess up. God is a God to be experienced. He is a God to be in relationship with. That is the whole purpose of the cross. Jesus died to provide an avenue of relationship with us. He restored what Adam and Eve destroyed in Eden. Jesus restored the ability to have communication and fellowship with God. Now... Up until then, you had to go to some guy somewhere in some weird temple or tabernacle in a wilderness somewhere, and you had to take an animal, and you had to kill the animal, and then that guy would go in and talk to God for you. Jesus dies on the cross, is raised from the, from the tomb. On the third day, he's alive and well, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and now he intercedes for you, and he intercedes. He doesn't mediate. He's already done that. He provided an avenue of reconciliation for us. Now we have relationship with our Creator. And we can talk to our creator just like I can talk to you or you can talk to me. We have that relationship. That's how we begin to know God. That's how we get into a place that we can experience the dynamic presence of God. We do it through music. Yes, we do it through teaching the word. We, yes, we do. We're expanding communion and water baptism. Next Sunday when you come in here, and either whichever service you choose to come into, there will be individuals stationed at the communion tables, and we want to enhance your communion experience. They will serve you communion. They will pray over you while you take communion, and they will bless you in Jesus' name as you, as you leave the communion area. We want you to do that. You say, well, why can't we just take it all together? Well, because we're limited in time, and here's the deal. Why not you and your wife or you and your family step over there together? and experience the dynamic presence of God as a family unit through communion. Communion is not a ritual. It's literally, a, it's literally we're celebrating the death, 
burial and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're remembering that it was that blood that provided relationship with God for us. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And then prayer. Every Sunday at the end of our services, whether we, whether we announce to you that the prayer team is here or whether we don't, they're going to be around the front of this building. You can identify them. They're here, the people standing looking that way. <laughs> Not hard. You need prayer, you come forward. You need prayer, you come forward. Sometimes we're going to give altar calls. It's going to happen in some services. We're going to have people get saved. It's going to happen in some services. People filled with the Holy Spirit, it's going to happen. People are going to be healed in 2020 in Jesus' name. You know, it's always interesting to me how we really celebrate when someone says that. But you know, before that to happen, somebody's got to get sick. And I want a miracle in my life. Do you really? Do you really? Because for a miracle to be present and happen in your life, You've got to put yourself in the path of miracles, which means things have got to go horrifically wrong and bad. Now, most of us being American humans, we prefer to have the easy life when nothing bad ever really happens to us, right? I mean, isn't that the whole point? I get saved so that all my problems will go away, we think. But that ain't what happens, is it? But we're going to see the miraculous. We're going to see the miraculous. We're going to see God... Raise people to newness of life in their, in their walk with him. We're going to see diseases healed. We're going to see th- jobs given. We're going to see prosperity reign in people's lives as, they, as their soul prospers. We're going to see all of these things. And we're going to see it through prayer. So why are we doing multiple services? You say, we can all fit in here. We've got a little bit of room across the back. We can put another 30, 40, 50 seats back there. And we can continue to grow this way. And the answer to that question is, no, we can't. We can't. There's, a, there's something in America, it's called the 80% rule. Now, a lot of people disagree with this. The problem with disagreeing with it is kind of like saying, well, I disagree with the sun coming up in the mornings. You can disagree all you want. It's going to come up in the morning. And just because you don't necessarily believe in this stat doesn't mean that it's not true because it's true. It's been proven for decades. Americans will not sit shoulder to shoulder, side to side, long term in every place. Well, I was in Africa. I get it. I've been in foreign countries too. I was, in a, I was in a building in Caracas, Venezuela that was 20 by 40. There were hundreds of people. We could, you couldn't sit down. You couldn't turn. We were standing shoulder to shoulder, front to back. We, we couldn't turn around in that building. And outside with all the windows open, there were hundreds of people standing around as we dedicated the first church that we ever built on foreign soil in 1997. That's in Caracas, Venezuela. Americas need five cubic feet of personal space. <laughs> you don't believe me. You let someone walk up to you and get real close, like touching your nose with their nose to try to have a conversation with you. What's, your first, what's the first thing you're going to do? And you may take two, and you may th- take three, but at some point you're going to go, okay, that's enough. Why? We need personal space. That's Americans. We're there. We've been there. We've been at the 80% mark. Okay, we're there. But that's not the real reason. The real reason is to provide options. Right now, the only way you get plugged in at GNU is the 10 a.m. service on Sunday mornings. Some people can't make it at 10 o'clock. So now, they have an option of 9 o'clock and 10.30 beginning next Sunday. The difference between this time and the last time we tried to do this a couple of years ago is this. There's way more excitement. We've got more momentum. 
We're going to do something different. When you come in next Sunday, this building's not going to look like this. And you got to just come back next week. <laughs> it's going to look vastly different. It's going to be vastly different. We're going to shrink the room. That's all I'm going to tell you. The room's going to be much smaller. Uh, you're going to see, once we get in past Easter, you'll see a rotation of pastors coming here, being with us on Sundays. Uh, we've got a tremendously gifted preaching team here on staff. Every one of them can bring the word, and they, you need to hear from them. And so we're going to be rotating these guys through every week. Uh, you're going to get a steady diet of me till Easter. And then after that, you never know when I'm going to show up. <laughs> and no, we're not posting a schedule of Winfield's preaching. We're just going to do this. We're just going to do this. We're going to use a preaching team. It gives us more options. It also allows us to do go points um, in one of the two services so that people that go to go points can also make a service. Go points is the way that you get plugged in it at Generations United. Uh, every Sunday, beginning in February, the first, second, and third Sundays are Go Point Sundays. And if you go to Go Points in one service, then you have the option of attending the second service uh, as well. Um, celebrate recovery. We need to do more step studies. Pastor Jeff needs to develop more leaders. We've got to have step studies. We'll have them during one of the two services on Sunday. And possibly uh, in the future, we may add more uh, groups uh, on Sunday mornings as well. We're just not sure about that just yet. The third thing, the third focus we're going to have is that we're going to live connected. We're going to live connected. This is, the, this is the importance of group life. You're going to hear group life and more group life and more group life and more group life because group life is what makes everything happen. You know, I've been doing this a long time, and I've seen the trends and I've seen the, the cycles that come and go in churches and in church life. And, and um, for years... Everything in church was really centered around Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Uh, Sunday morning was the big deal. And for years, that's what we did here. We've tried some things down through the years to, to, to give some small group ministry stuff going, and we've had a little bit of success. We've had way more failures than we've had success. And a couple of years ago, we had an opportunity to literally put a stake in the sand and in the ground and go, this is where we're going to live. We're going we're to become a place that is smaller internally so that we can go larger externally. And so the board of directors, I went to them, and, and uh, board of directors and the eldership, we hired Pastor Tommy Brown to come in and develop spiritual and community formation with us. We, Tommy and I had worked this together, and we prayed about this, we talked about it, and we set like a three-year goal out there. And here's the deal. We reached our three-year goal in 12 months. Yeah, come on. Now, we're expanding those groups. We're expanding community and spiritual formation. You can't separate one from the other. They're, they're both intertwined together. And so we're going to continue to do that. Uh, everything that we do on Wednesday night, everything beginning in February, is group life. Uh, from next generation, from birth right on up, they do, in the student ministries, they do small groups over there to the adults. Uh, the Wednesday night option is going to look something like this. We're going to have, we're bringing back Wednesday night dinners uh, in February. Yeah, yeah. Now, for all of you that are going, whoa, yeah, you be here. But dinner will start at 5 o'clock um, uh, in February. You'll be able to drop your kids off at 545 for child care. And if you want to do a group off campus in your home, you can drop your kids here on campus and then go off campus to have your, your group. 
So this gives us, we're limited in space here. We're going to do as much on the campus as we can, but we also give an opportunity for groups to, to operate off campus as well. Premium space available here for groups to meet. Uh, but we want you to know that we're going to provide childcare uh, and, at 545, and you've got to be back by 745 to pick them up. Don't wait till 8 o'clock to pray the closing prayer at your group. Get it done. Get back here at 745, uh, or your children will be hanging from a rack out underneath the awning on the other side of the building. <laughs> with your name stuck to them, and you, not, you know we're not going to do that. We might want to sometime, but we wouldn't do that. It's important that we all get our minds wrapped around group life because community is the deal. I told you a couple of months ago, one of the things that I did, kind of an informal thing back in the summer, I started looking at a lot of the churches over in Bay County who had to deal firsthand with the hurricane. And there are so many churches over there that have lost a half to two-thirds of their congregations. And I just began to look at some of their websites and then talk to some of the people that go to those churches. And this is what I found out. I found out that most of the churches that suffered great loss, and I'm not talking about just physical buildings and, and stuff, but congregation size, most of them had nothing that resembled community. The churches that are thriving, the churches that have been able to survive and maintain and actually grow are churches that have had a built-in community aspect to them. Over the last decade, what we've seen in, in church growth and church buildings and, and architecture is this, that most new churches that are being built today, the foyer is the same size as the meeting room. Why? Because it's important. Community is important. We have to be a church of community. We have to be a church. If we're going to truly, if we're truly going to know God and we're truly going to live connected and we're truly going to make a difference, if we're going to be a place where nobody truly can, has to fight alone if you don't want to, then it's got to be a smaller, we've got to have a smaller mentality. And we do that through group life. Um, you're going to hear us talk. We've, we started some groups this past semester called Freedom Groups. Uh, I taught one uh, this past semester with a group of guys. It was a pilot group. We've got five or six groups of women's groups that are going to be launching here in the next, in February. We've got two men's groups that are going to be launching. But freedom is all about creating relationships and changing lives. I'm going to talk, I'm going to teach a new series starting next Sunday on freedom. I'm going to do three Sundays on freedom and just kind of lay the groundwork for, for it. And then we're going to multiply the number of freedom groups every semester that we have groups. Uh, because it's just important. It's a great, great teaching. Uh, those of you that have taken uh, the freedom class, how about giving a shout out if it's touched your life? Yeah. And then another thing we're going to be doing uh, for Sundays and Wednesdays is overhauling the cafe. Uh, you know, it's been closed for a long time. We've just had some coffee and water options in there. But, but come February, we're going to have some, some limited quality options there. We're going to be doing some renovations in there, opening it up, making it a little bit more appealing and more accessible. So cafe's coming as well. So that's the knowing God. That's the living connected piece. So what about making a difference? Here's where, and all of these changes are huge, but here's where we're really going to see some shifts in how we operate in some things. Making a difference is about the importance of missional activity. What are we doing outside the four walls of this church? Since 1997, we have been heavily, heavily invested in, in construction around the world. We built schools, orphanages, churches, uh, all types of things. 
we're, we're back in, in El Salvador in March, building a, starting a brand new school uh, in that country. Every time we build a classroom, 60 kids are off the street and into a Christian education environment, safe from the gang activity all over that country. And we built a number of classrooms down there. We built churches in all areas of the world. We've spent seven years in, in Russia at an orphanage over there. We've just done a lot of those types of things. But in reality, what we've, what we've become is kind of out of balance. We've been heavy in the, in the foreign mission construction field, but we haven't done a whole lot in our local area and in, and in the United States. Uh, we've always done real well as far as supporting places like sharing and caring and children in crisis and other things financially, but we've never done much. And, and God said this to us. He said, when you're spirit-filled, you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the world. And each one of those circles takes a little bit further out, a little bit further out, a little bit further out. And we've just been really kind of positioned for 20-something years uh, in the, the world piece of it. So now we're bringing it back in. The first thing we're doing, that we've already done this, and that is to, that we want Generations United to become the church that military people recommend to their friends that are getting stationed into this area. Okay? To do that, to do that, uh, I've appointed a young couple that, that are part of military. They're part of our eldership now. Our eldership has a position that is for military family support. And I want to introduce them to you now. Uh, I think we've got a picture of them. This is Brandon and Melanie and the tribe. Uh, Brandon and Melanie, where are you guys at? Back here, stand up, back over here. This is Brandon and Melanie Webster, back off this side over here. Uh, they're going to be working to get, get military people on board here. Uh, they're going to be deal, developing community groups. Once again, group life is the vehicle. And then caring for our military families. When people are deployed, what does the family need? And all those types of things. And so that's going to be a function of the groups as well. Uh, the next thing, with cafe and Wednesday night dinners, uh, we are going to, all of the proceeds from cafe and Wednesday night dinners is all about missions. Every time you buy a scone or a cup of coffee or whatever in there, or no, not a cup of coffee, whatever we're going to be serving in there, uh, every nickel that you give goes to missions. And to expand our local missional activity, uh, we have brought on a support staff person. Her name is Miss Christy Mann. Christy and Jody, where are you guys at? This is, this is Christy and Jody and Maggie right here. Where are you guys at? Back in the back. Look back here. Stand up. There you go. Right there, guys. That's Christy and Jody Mann. Christy's going to be focused on engaging Gen U within our local community. Uh, she's going to be focused on stateside missions opportunities. She's going to oversee the cafe and Wednesday night dinners. If you have the ability to cook, see Christy. And she'll tell you what we need you to cook, okay? But here's the deal. This is all volunteer because it is a missions endeavor. It's a missions endeavor. We're not, we're not paying anybody to cook. We're not where we'll do the supplies and all this kind of stuff. And, and don't expect, you know, prime rib and stuff like that, you know, every Wednesday night. It's going to be more like spaghetti and hamburgers and grits and eggs and bacon and sausage. And I haven't had anything this morning but an orange. I'll move off the food thing. I'm a little hungry this morning. But Christy is going to be overseeing all of that. I'm, I'm serious about this. What we're looking to do is establish four or five teams of five or six people that will take 
one Wednesday night and say, we will cook the meal this Wednesday night. And, and literally, it's going to be like spaghetti and meatballs one night. There's always going to be a salad option if you want that. Uh, we're going to have hamburgers and hot dogs one night. Like I said, it's just a matter of convenience for those that are involved in group life. You can come here, get your kids fed, get involved in group life, and also it's very convenient to have dinner right here at the church on Wednesday nights. So see Christy if you're interested in that. And then the announcement that you've all been waiting for, GNU Academy, the daycare and preschool. It's our heart to provide a safe and quality child care uh, we know and recognize that every child represents a future leader, uh, and every child represents a family that we can reach and touch with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It'll also fund the vision of Generations United Church over the next decades. But here's what I want you to know. If you, are inter if you attend Generations United Church and you want to enroll your child in GNU Academy, you can begin doing that next Sunday. You can, you can enroll your children. GNU gets first shot. We can house, I believe, 123 uh, children in the upstairs area in our daycare. We are going to take infants at six months of age. And so the packets and the registration information will be ready next week. January is the month for Generations United to register your kid. Your application and your application fee holds your spot. Um, and so um, come February 1st, though, it's open to the public. And this is what we know. Yeah, this is what we know. Every daycare in Okaloosa County has a waiting list. And once this goes public, it's going to fill up quickly. And uh, Ms. Tawanda Brown is our, is our daycare academy director. Yeah. She's going to do a great job. And uh, we'll be staffing that as we get closer to the summer. It will actually open on August 1, 2020. You say, well, why are you, why are you registering so early? Because that's when everybody else is registering. We've done the homework. And so we've got to get our name out there and get it, and get it publicized. That's where we're headed. That's what's taking place. Um, we leave from this Sunday. You know, Habakkuk, the Lord told Habakkuk, he said, write the vision on the tablets. But it didn't just stop there. The next phrase said this, that they may run with it. And that's where you guys come in. I've written it on tablets this morning. I've delivered it to you guys this morning. Now you've got to run with it. So who's willing to run with me this morning? Come on. If you're willing to run with me, stand to your feet all over this room. If you're willing to take this vision and go, yes, we're going to buy into this and we're going to move forward with this. Amen. Then it will be so, according to God's will and God's way. In Jesus' name. We need you to get on board. It's going to take all of us. This is not something that one person or a pastor or, 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 or one area of the church can do. It's going to take all of people that attend Generations United Church and those that God's going to be sending in from this Sunday forward as well. We've got to serve, you've got to give, and you've got to tell. You've got to take the vision, and you've got to run with it. Amen? Amen? Let me say, God just laid something in my heart, actually on the way to church this morning. And I want to speak this blessing over you guys. I sat out in the foyer and, and just I couldn't type it fast enough. Um, just something I feel like God, that I, God wants me to speak over each and every one of you here this morning. So here's the blessing before Pastor Tommy comes to close us out. May God grant you his grace, peace, joy, and strength in this new year. 
May the Holy Spirit lead you into all truth and may he empower and sustain you in all circumstances. I declare God's destiny over each and every person here and may God prosper each one in this place and listening to me as their soul prospers. And I speak this blessing in the name of Jesus Christ, the strong son of God. And we all said, amen. 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 Father, across this place this morning, those that are listening online, God, may this vision become a reality over this next decade. Lead us, O Lord. May we stay humble before you. May we lean on you for all understanding, not our own, but we lean on you for understanding, O God, so that you can direct our paths. And may your blessings and your anointing continue to rest on Generations United Church. Amen.